Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, my name's TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're here with us today as we're beginning a brand new series called Great Expectations. And, and I'm really excited about this series. Um, and, and let me just say this on the, the front end of this. This was really inspired by a, a book that I read by a guy named Andy Stanley. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of Andy Stanley, but he's an amazing pastor of a church in the Atlanta, Georgia area called North Point Community Church. And they have a network of churches all throughout Atlanta. And uh, a couple months ago, he wrote a book called How to Be Rich. And uh, I, I got this book on the day that it came out, and it's one of those books that when I opened it, I read the entire thing in like three hours. And if you hang out with our staff and our team, you'll, you'll find out that I absolutely love Andy Stanley. I love his books. And when I was reading this book, I was, I was like, man, every person in our church needs to hear about the principles that are in this book. Because I believe that this book can radically transform how we think about things, how we live our lives, and how we're using the things that God has given us in a way that honors him in, in, in a way that is going to be transformational, not just for us, but for our community. And I really, really believe that the content of this series can absolutely change lives. And I believe that today is going to be a foundation, and we're going to build on it week after week after week. And so I know that we promoted this as a series about finances and stuff, and, and right away people are like, oh man, I don't want to go to church because they're talking about my stuff. And, and we are talking about your stuff, but we want to talk about it in a way that is extremely biblical, that's also going to be a way for you to understand the reason why you've been given so much in life. And so as we start today, I want you guys to turn to your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. That's where we'll be hanging out for most of the day. And while you're doing that, I just want to start off by asking you guys a series of questions. And, and the first one is this, is how many of you guys, when you were young, you dreamed of being rich one day? Anybody out there? A couple of us out there. I mean, we all dreamed of being rich when we were young someday. I mean, how many of you guys dreamed of like being like filthy rich? You know what I'm saying? Like where, where you're like Scrooge McDuck and like diving into piles of money and swimming in them. Like that's what I dreamed of as a kid. In fact, I thought to be the ultimate rich person, how I would define that was when I grew up, if I had a full court basketball court in my living room, then I would be rich. Like, I don't know why that was the epitome of being rich, but I, like, for some reason in my mind, if I have a basketball court in my living room as an adult, then I have acquired being rich. And, and so I don't know why that, that is that way. But how many of you, let me ask this, this question, how many of you guys know somebody who's rich? Yeah, most of us, if you don't know somebody who's rich, you need to get some more friends, okay? Like, you've got to have at least one rich friend. Um, you know, and, and if you have some rich friends, like, don't point at them, because they might be here. If you have some rich friends, how many times, I know that I've done this, I've looked at their life and looked at how they spend their money and thought to myself, man, if I was them, this is how I would be spending that money. This is how I would be living if I was in their position in life. And the interesting thing about that is, is that when we start thinking about that, I think that all of us at some point in time, have this desire to want to be rich. And, but how do we know when we've actually crossed that line? Like, how do we know when we've arrived at being rich as opposed to, like, just being broke like everybody else? And, and so I, I went to a rich friend one day, and I, I asked him this question. I go, dude, what's it like being you? Anybody ever ask their rich friends, like, what it's like being them? And this guy just looked at me with, like, a blank stare, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not rich. I'm like, you have a million-dollar check on your desk for your business that somebody just gave you. You're rich. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not rich. So-and-so is rich. 
I'm not rich, and I'm like, well, so-and-so might be richer than you, but that doesn't mean that you're not rich. But that line of being rich, it's like this ever-moving line. It's like, how do you know when you've actually arrived there? It's not like you get paid on the 15th of the month and go, oh my gosh, I'm rich now. Like, right before, the, on the 14th, I was broke, but on the 15th, I got paid, and I, I've moved the line. I've officially arrived. All of my dreams have come true. And if you ever do feel that way, like, I'm finally rich, what you do is you look at somebody else's life and you realize, wait, 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 that line just moved because now they just redefined what rich is. They just redefined where the, that point is going. And, and one day, what we all need to realize is that we've crossed that line and that we're actually rich. And God has some really, really incredible things to say that, about this because God has blessed us with so much more than we need. And if we'll recognize that, we'll see that we're rich and we need to be rich in what matters most in life. And so to build the foundation, we're going to look at this scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 17 and 18 and really this is what's happening is is Paul is instructing his disciple Timothy who's a pastor of a local church and he's saying hey listen I want to help you help people be good at being rich in life I want to help you help people be good at this and so this is what he this is what Paul says to Timothy in verse 17 he says command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything of our enjoyment. He said, command those who are rich in this world. And so he's saying, if you're rich, this is speaking to you today. He's saying, listen, listen, listen. Don't be arrogant because everything that you have and everything that you acquired is a gift of God. Those, the, all the stuff that you have in your life, the reason you have that is because God gave you a gift. God gave you a talent. God gave you an idea. God gave you an ability. God gave you all that stuff to help you get to the place where you are. And so you've got to recognize that as a gift from God. Because here's the deal, every blessing that we don't turn back to praise has the potential to turn into pride in our life. Like all those things that we're blessed with, if we don't turn back and say, God, thank you so much for what you've done in my life. Thank you for blessing me with these things. What we start to do, and, and if you've ever done something really successful, you might have gotten this attitude. You start going, man, I'm pretty good. Man, I've got... This going on, and, and right here, what he's saying to Timothy, he's saying, hey, 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 let those rich people know. Don't be arrogant. Don't think that you have done this. Don't put your hope in those things. Put your hope in Jesus. Don't put your hope in wealth, don't, which is so uncertain because we've seen it in the economies of the last couple of years. You can be rich one day and lose it all the next. He's saying, man, put our hope in God who provides everything for our enjoyment. In verse 18, it says this. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for this coming age so that they will take hold of the life that is truly life. And what he's really saying is he's saying, listen, this is what we need to do. We need to help rich people be good at being rich, to make a difference and to be rich in what matters most. And so today what I want to do in laying a foundation is I want to help us define what rich is. I want to help us really lay that out because for most of us, we don't know exactly where the rich line is in life. And so let me help you figure that out because 
Gallup just recently did a poll, and they did a poll, and they were talking to people and saying, what is it going to take for you to feel like you're rich? And so they went out and they surveyed people, and they found people that were making $30,000 a year, and they went and said, hey, what's it going to take for you to be rich in life? And the people that were making $30,000 a year said, man, if I was just making $74,000 a year, I would be rich. I would be secure. And anybody out there that's making $74,000 a year, you're probably saying, yeah, but you don't know what it's like to put kids through school, and you don't have braces yet, and you haven't done this and that. And that 74 grand will go really fast. And then they went and they asked people that were making uh, 50 grand, what would it take for you to feel rich in life? And the people that were making 50 grand said, well, what, I would, what it would take for me to feel rich in life is $100,000. $100,000 a year, it would make me feel rich. And, 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 and honestly, that's pretty close to the median income of the areas around here for a, a, a husband and wife that's working. That's pretty close to what they're making. And they said, so they said, man, that's what it would take to be rich. And, and then they went to the people that are making $100,000 plus, actually $200,000. And they said, what's it going to take for you to feel rich? And they said, $5 million in net worth. $5 million. And so what we see is the line for rich just keeps moving based on wherever we're at. Like, we never get to where there's a point where there's enough because that guy that has $5 million in assets, a guy with $2 million in assets, you go, man, you're doing really well. And he goes, no, I'm nothing compared to that guy. Because that line is constantly moving in life. And, and we've got to understand what being rich is and the challenge is for so many of us is, is the problem is is that we don't feel rich we don't feel rich in life because what happens is is we've been given a lot of things in life the problem is is we just consume everything that we've been given and because we've been consuming everything that we've been given we never know when we hit the rich line because every time we get more we just end up spending more we just end up using more and so today what I want to do is I want to give us some good news and I want to give us some bad news. And the good news is going to be some really, really good news. And the bad news is going to be some really, really bad news. And I thought I would start with the bad news, but I wrote the good news into your notes first. And we're going to start there. So the good news for today, this is really, really good news for all of us here. The good news is, is that you're rich. The good news here for every single one of us today is that you are rich and you need to believe this because what you have every single day of your life is rich people opportunities. And let me just tell you, if you have kids out there today, let me tell you about all the rich, kid op or rich opportunities you have. I'm pretty sure that if your child gets sick, you'll be able to take them to the hospital and get treatment for them. I'm pretty sure that there's activities that they're playing in right now or participating in that a lot of kids all over the world don't have the opportunity to do. If you're able to take your kid to the zoo or the library or give them a laptop computer or a mobile device, I'm pretty sure that you're a rich person. If you're able to trade your time, um, or trade your money instead of time, like you can go to the car wash and spend $5 at the gas station instead of you spending 30 minutes to wash it yourself, you're probably a rich person. Come on now. If you have an unlimited cell phone plan, you're probably a rich person. And the reality is, is that we live in a world where we've defined rich by so many other things, but we fail to realize that God has blessed us in such a significant way. In fact, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he said this in Ecclesiastes 5.19. He says, moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, this is a gift from God. And every single one of us have been blessed by God to be able to 
to have things in life, and so many of us, we just have internalized it to come to this recognition of how blessed and how rich we are. Now, I know some of you guys are, are pushing back on me right now and saying, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not rich. I'm not rich at all because when I look around, I don't have it all going on, and I don't have it all together. But let me give you two stats to kind of define this, and this is from Global Rich. Uh, com. It's a, it's a website that kind of defines richness in this world. And they, they gave a couple of stats. They said this, if you earn $33,000 a year, which is pretty much most people that live in South Florida, because you can't survive unless you make about thirty-three grand a year. Um, if you're making $33,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of income earners in the entire world. Top 1%. Like, you are doing pretty well. I know when we compare people to your world, it might not be that great. When you compare yourself to the world, you've got to recognize that you are extremely, extremely wealthy. Get this. This was the stat that really blew my mind. It said if you make $80,000 a year combined income for your household family, you are in the top 0.1% of income earners in this world. You are in the top one-tenth of one percent of people in the entire world. That's how crazy rich you are. Now, I want to be sensitive because I know there's some people that are going through some difficult times and, and there's, some, there's some single moms that are out there that are working multiple jobs to try to make ends meet. And there's some of you that are maybe have lost your job and, and you're trying to deal with the, the significant changes that are taking place in your life. And then there's, there's some of you that are facing some health difficulties right now and, and hospital bills are, are racking up. But let me just put this in perspective for us because the reality is, is most of us are going to leave here. We're going to get in our cars. We're going to drive home to our climate-controlled home. We're going to get on our cell phone, and we're going to order a pizza from Papa John's. This is going to arrive in 30 minutes or less. And then we're going to take a selfie with that pizza and post it to Instagram on our unlimited data plan cell phone. We're doing okay, aren't we? We're doing okay. Like, we're not struggling all that bad. Like, we're pretty rich. When you think about developing countries and about 3 billion people in the world, which is about half the world's population, when they start defining rich, they define rich a little bit differently than we do. They define rich as is if you have a car, you are rich. Because do you know that if you own a car, you are in the top 3% of income earners in the world? If you own a car. And most of us, we don't just own one car, we own two cars. We have a his car and a her car. And then we're so rich, we have uh, homes for our car cars. They're called garages that are bigger than most homes that people live in all throughout the world. And then if we're really rich, we don't just have a single-car garage. We have a three-car garage, one for his and her cars, and then for all the junk that we can't fit into our house. And then we get in our cars, and we drive past 75 restaurants to get to the 76th restaurant that has our favorite food with that dippy bread that we like and oil because we'll pass all the others because we want that specific one. And then when we get there, we eat way more than we need because we eat three meals. We have an appetizer, then we have our normal meal, and then we have a dessert. And you know what people all over the world say? Man, those are some fat, rich people. They eat way more than they possibly need. And then we go home and we walk into these things called walk-in closets, which are way bigger than most people's homes. And sometimes we just have one of those. Sometimes we have a his and a hers that aren't just like full of a couple of clothes. They're like multi-level layers of clothes. 
And we walk in there after we've ate that meal and we go, oh man, I don't have anything to wear. Like seriously, like we're, we're doing all right in this world. Like we are rich. Like we're doing so well. It's not like I just said, oh, you're rich and you're so relieved even though you've got all this debt right now. The reason you're not relieved by all that is because you've been consuming everything that you've been given. And so therefore, you don't feel as rich as you should because everything that you have, that you've received, you've taken and used on yourself. You've consumed it all. And God says, command those who are rich to be good at being rich. Not just think about it was all for us. But God wants us to be good at being rich. And the challenge for so many of us is, is, is we don't know how to internalize that. We don't know how to come up and get to this place where we go, man, I'm rich. And so I want to help us here today because I think one of the first steps to internalizing that and making it a reality of your life is you've got to admit that you're rich. You've got to be able to say, I'm rich. And so I want to help you. So on the count of three, we're going to say, I'm rich, okay? On the count of three, one, two, three, I'm rich. Okay, some of y'all didn't say that, so you got to say it with nobody else now. I'm just kidding. Everybody, let's try this one more time. On the count of three, say, I'm rich. One, two, three. I'm rich. So relieving, isn't it? You know what's funny is that, like, some of you guys are saying that right now, but yet, even in the midst of saying that, you're, you're embarrassed by it because you, there's something about saying you're rich that just rubs you the wrong way. And I know that this is true in my life because... I have some really, really nice watches um, that have been given to me, and my wife recently asked me, she goes, hey, why aren't you wearing your, your Breitling watch? Because I know that that's like your favorite watch. It was given, it's given to me by a guy that just said he wanted to bless my life, and, and, and I said, man, I stopped wearing it like six months ago. She's like, why don't you stop wearing it? I said, because I was at a meeting one day, and some guy commented on it and said, oh, man, you're so rich, and like I got all self-conscious about it. And, and here was the interesting thing is that, that if I truly believe that the wealth comes from God and the blessings of God come in different ways, like why am I so concerned about what somebody perceives me as whether I am or I'm not? Because like I, get, I got so flustered by it, I stopped wearing it. But if somebody walks up to me today and says, hey, TJ, man, you've got a great marriage with Shayla, I don't go, man, that's what you think. I'm just faking that junk. She's a pain in the rear. Like, I don't try to hide that blessing. Or if somebody walks up and talks about how physically fit I am and how good looking I am, I'm not like, man, you should see me without my shirt on. I mean, it's flabby, flabby, flabby. Like, no, I just say thanks. But if somebody walks up and says, hey, are those some new kicks? You know, the first thing I do is, oh, man, I got these on sale. Why? Because I'm embarrassed about the blessings that God has put in my life. And I'm pretty sure that most of us kind of feel that way about those things. And so I want you to really internalize this thought, and that's this, is that God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. And we're going to build off that over the next couple of weeks because God has blessed me more than I need. I am rich, and God has blessed you more than you need if you were to really look at it. You are truly rich, and that is good news. That is some great news for all of us. Now, some bad news for all of us, and this is some bad news because it, it's, it's probably one of the spiritually most challenging issues of our lives. And the bad news is this. The bad news is, is that you're rich. 
That's the bad news, and it really, really is bad news because it puts you at a distinct spiritual disadvantage. In fact, Jesus talked about a rich guy who came to him one time, and he said to him, man, how do I inherit eternal life, Jesus? Like, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus looked at him, and he said, obey all the commands. And the guy said, man, I've, I've taken care of that. And Jesus goes, man, that's awesome. Way to go, bro. You're killing it. And then he says, he said this, he looked at him and loved him. And, and, it, and it's found in Mark's version that he actually says that. He looked at the guy and he loved him. It's the only place where Jesus, it, it describes Jesus in that way. And then he looked at the guy and he said, go and sell everything that you have and follow me. Now I want you to note something here. This is the only time in scripture that Jesus told somebody to go and sell everything that they have and go and follow him in that manner. And I, I think the reason he told this guy to go sell everything that he had is because he realized that his stuff had him. And see, here's the thing is that, that God is not opposed to us having nice stuff. God is not opposed at all to us having nice stuff and having things because if we truly believe God is the one who gives us the blessings and brings wealth to our life and does all of those things, and I'm not talking about prosperity and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying if God is the one that has blessed us, then like, man, God wants us to have nice stuff. What God doesn't want is for our stuff to have us. God does not want that stuff to control our heart. And Jesus looked at this guy and realized that, man, his stuff had him. And if he was going to truly be devoted to Jesus with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, then the very thing that he was going to have to give up was the thing that was the number one thing in his life. Because Jesus wants that spot in all of our lives. And it says the guy was unwilling to do it because he had great wealth. And it continues on in Luke chapter 18, verses 24 and 25. Jesus said this after this to his disciples. He said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The good news is today that you're rich. The bad news is, is that you're rich. And for us, this is a tremendous spiritual disadvantage for every single one of us. And let me just kind of kind of talk about some of the disadvantages that it brings to us that we have got to overcome in order to be good at being rich at what matters most. And the first problem for all of us rich people is this, is that our first problem is, is it's harder for us to depend on God. It's so much harder for us to depend on God. If you look at how we depend on God and then you go to a third world country and you realize how people depend on God, like because they have nothing, their dependence on God is so much greater than ours. Because just think about the prayer that Jesus prayed. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said then, give us this day our. See, most of us, we don't ever pray that prayer because we go look at our cupboards, and we've got all kinds of things to eat. You want to know why we don't pray that prayer? Because we don't have to depend on God, because we've already got most of that stuff, and our dependence is on our abilities. Because we're rich. See, it's a lot harder for us to depend on God, because of all the things that we have around us that make it so much easier to depend on those things rather than it is to depend on our Heavenly Father to provide all for us. Second thing that our wealth does to us is it distracts us from our true priorities in life. 
It takes us away from the true priorities. And if you're a believer in Jesus and, and you really believe in the fellowship of believers and that church is a true priority, then you, you know this is true. That's part of the reason you're here today and, and why a whole bunch of people aren't. Because, because of the priorities of life, there are lots of distractions that are out there. I know a lot of people in our church that have other homes that when, man, when school's out or there's a nice weekend, man, they're going to their beach house or they're going to the lake house or they're going out somewhere else to spend that time. I know a whole bunch of parents that are missing churches on Sunday because they got all their kids in activities that are out there that have become more important about them playing a sporting game than it is about them truly learning how to worship God with their peers. Because the priority shifted and and yet there's a lot of parents that are out there that are spending a lot of time at work trying to provide all these activities for their family thinking that man I'm giving my children the life I never had when in fact what they really need is for their mom and dad to come home and eat dinner with them because they're they're rich in a lot of things but relationally they're broke because our priorities have gotten jacked up because our riches have gotten us to where we've got to have more and we've got to keep up with the Joneses and it shifted our priorities. And so where wealth can be a blessing, all of a sudden it's become a curse and something that's keeping us from the very thing that God wants in our life. The third big challenge with wealth is we have to realize that we have a greater responsibility on this earth because of what God has given us. That's why Jesus told us in Luke, where much is given, much is required. Because we've been given so much. He's speaking to rich people. He said, man, I've given you so much that a lot is required of you. And that's, that's bad news because a lot of us, we don't want to give Jesus much. We don't want him to require much of us. We would just want, Jesus, you just save me and get me to heaven and I'll take care of the rest. Like that's the only requirement. I just need you to take care of the heaven deal and I've got the rest of this. And God says, command those rich people to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and to be willing to share so that they'll lay up treasures for themselves and will live a life that is truly life. And the bad news here is that there's more expected of us because we've been given so much. And we need to internalize that. And I learned this a really, really interesting way. Uh, uh, in 2008, uh, I was still working at Bayside Community Church in the Bradenton area. And we were getting ready to start an internship at our church. And there was a young lady who had decided that she wanted to attend this internship. And Shayla was spending a lot of time with her, and she asked to meet with us because she was, she was running low on her fundraising efforts. And so we were meeting her at Panera Bread um, in, in the Bradenton area, and, and I, we knew what this girl was going to ask us. She's going to ask us for money. We knew what, what everybody asked us for. They wanted money from us, okay? And so um, we went into it, and, and we kind of have a rule like, between the two of us, if we go into something like that, we do whatever the one that feels like we're supposed to give the most, that's what we go with. That's just kind of our rules for our life. And so, um, but I, w I was walking into this. I hadn't spent a ton of time with this young lady. And so I just told my wife, I said, man, you, you just do whatever you feel. I'm cool with whatever. I'm thinking my wife is, is going to give her a, a couple hundred dollars or something. She's, she's generous, but not that generous. You know, she probably wants some shoes. So um, she's going to probably keep some of that for herself. And we were, we were in the process of nobody even knowing at this time that we we're going to go plant a church in the next year. And so we're trying to save as much money as possible. And we go... And we're having lunch with this young lady, and, uh, and I get up to go to the bathroom. And when I come back, uh, this young lady is crying, and I'm like, Shayla, what did you say to her? 
Uh, like, what did you do? Like, I cannot just come back here and fix everything after you jack everything up. And, uh, and this girl's crying, and, and I go, Shayla, what, what happened? And she said, well, this, this is the amount that she needed, and, and I just wrote a check for that. And I was like, whoa. Like, I was thinking like two or $300, and you like just wrote her a couple thousand dollar check. I was a little upset, honestly. Because I was like, man, there's some things that I want to do in my life. And there's some things that I have plans for that money for. And, and God started convicting me right there. And he started saying, man, I'm, I'm the one who gave you all of this. It's not yours. Like, that deal that you just did on houses, like, you didn't come up with that idea. I did. You might have gotten the benefits of that, but... That was my idea. And I remember walking away from that and, and God really dealing with my heart and realizing that everything that I'd been given was given for a greater responsibility than just to consume myself. And, and we started investing in this young lady. And this young lady spent the next three years in our internship at the church we were at. And, and who would have ever thought that, that three years after that, that she would end up moving here to help us with this church and eventually marry another good-looking bald guy because bald is beautiful eventually become the youth pastor at our church because we were willing to be generous one day. Because we were really willing to recognize that there is such a greater responsibility than just consuming all this on our own, that we are given this to invest it in the kingdom of God for the greater good that he has to do. And let me just tell you something, as a church, we're all about investing the greater good of what we can do for this community. That's why we're out in the community serving almost every single Saturday. I mean, they were in Collier City this past Saturday. They'll be in Crest Haven next weekend. We're at, at every week there's people that are over at SOS Children's Village taking care of foster care kids. Man, we're working with kids all over Africa, feeding and caring for them. We're out trying to transform communities constantly because we believe that generosity is the key to changing this world and that we haven't been given everything that we've been given to consume it all. And so that's why a huge percentage of our income as a church doesn't just go to spend on things that we can do here. Man, we're giving it away in communities. We're giving it away on missions. We're giving it away everywhere we can because we know that we have been given a responsibility that is so much greater than just building a church. It's about building Jesus' name. And we want people to look around at us all the time and go, like, I don't understand why they're doing that. And, and I don't even think I really believe in that Jesus thing. But apparently they really do because they're living it out. They're living it out. Like, they're not hoarding everything for themselves. The reality is, is, is a year ago, we could have gone and bought a building. But you know what we did? We went and started another church. Want to know why? Because it's all about more people. It's not about making us comfortable. It's about how do we reach one more? How do we reach one more person? How do we make sure that Jesus' name is glorified at every opportunity that we can get? And Paul is challenging Timothy, and I believe that he's challenging us, man, to be rich, to recognize that we are rich, and to be generous, and to use those things for what matters most in life. Because every blessing that we don't have, that we don't turn into praise, turns into pride in our life. And God is looking for a people 
They're all about praising Him every moment of their life with every aspect of their life. And hopefully as a church and as a people, we're going to be good at being rich because God has blessed us with more than we need. And we'll be rich in what matters most. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you today and we thank you for the amazing blessings that you've given every one of us, God. That we didn't necessarily earn or that we didn't necessarily deserve, but God, that you have freely given. God, I pray that we wouldn't be just consumers of those things, but God, that we'd recognize that we are stewards of those things. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're out there today and you're recognizing that maybe you're like me, that you haven't been very good at being rich all the time in your life. And today's the day that you say, you know what, I want to start being rich at what matters most. I want to use the things that God has given me in the, the right way, not just so that I can have more, not just so that I could put my kid in a better school, but so that I could be rich in the things that God cares about. And if that's you here today, if you just slip your hand up real quick, my hand's up, because I want that. Thank you. Thank you for some honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of people. God, I just pray that as we internalize and look at our lives, that as we assess everything that we've been given, God, that we wouldn't be arrogant or proud that we've accomplished all those things, but we would turn everything that you've given back to us into praise. And we'd be rich in what matters most. God, we'd be rich in relationships. God, we'd be rich in our finances. God, that we would be rich in our generosity. God, that we'd be rich in our devotion. God, that we'd be rich in our priorities. God, that we wouldn't allow things to snuff out the important in life, but we would make your heart our priority. God, thank you for what you're doing in our lives here today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.